This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Matthew chapter 11. Our hymnody tonight, as we sang, reminded us that we have a Lord, a God, who is all-powerful and can lift our burdens. In fact, it was interesting to me, Pastor Ned had us sing a particular verse in the hymn that spoke directly to that. We started out tonight singing, I Go Along Life's Road. Uh, the, each verse addresses this, praise God for lifted loads. Uh, when my fears are turned to prayers, the burdens slip away. My everlasting king above will all my needs supply. The mighty arms upholding me will bear my burdens too. A central theme through all of those verses. So we're going to address that tonight. Uh, But our responsibility uh, as we come to a God who wants to lift our burdens I'm quite certain that each time this assembly meets together, folks walk into this room with burdens. And for some of you, those burdens are fresh to this week. Uh, Last Wednesday, you didn't know you would have perhaps a burden that you're carrying tonight. So let's, let's talk about that. When Jesus called on disciples to follow him, he was calling on the weak and the weary. In following him, they would have to learn to draw from his power and know his rest. And this is why our Lord said in Matthew eleven twenty nine, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. God is so gracious. Our Lord wants to be at rest. In fact, he's called us unto peace. Now, it would have been strange for those listening to hear from the Savior's lips, if you're under a heavy burden or a crushing load, exchange your burdens for my yoke or another burden. What? But Jesus' yoke represents a vital link. Don't ever read Matthew eleven twenty nine or reflect on it without thinking that the Lord is calling us to a partnership. When we accept his yoke, he is in the other side of the yoke. He never expected you or I to do the pulling. Can I say it again? He never expected you or I to do the pulling. He simply expects us to rely on his strength and yield to the direction that he wants to pull. The key to such a partnership is found in the second half of the phrase, take my yoke upon you, and here's what we're going to focus especially on tonight, and learn of me. All who come to Jesus desiring rest from their burdens must be taught how to wear the yoke. And this is the teachability 
protocol. The teachability protocol. Did you notice in Matthew eleven twenty nine 29 that our Lord's promise is rest if we come to him? It's what he wants to give us. You don't, that's not some deep theological concept. Rest is rest. He says the rest is only acquired, though, by first taking on his yoke. And then secondly, learning how to wear the yoke. Take it, learn how to wear it. Sometimes when we come to the Savior, we feel we need to update him. Or even advise him about the direction that things are going. Instead, the teachability protocol says to God, simply, I'm burdened. You promise peace. Please teach me how to let you carry this burden for your glory. Teach me how to let you carry this burden for your glory. I've met Christians, and I think sometimes when Christians have met me, they think, well, he's acting like he's got the weight of the whole world on his shoulders. It should never be that way. Someone has said that praying is telling Jesus the problem, that we lack the wisdom to know how to handle the problem or the strength to fix it. I tell Jesus the problem and that I lack the wisdom to know how to handle it or the strength to bear it. Intercession, that's prayer. Intercession is telling Jesus the problems of others, that they lack the wisdom to handle it or the strength to fix it. We then listen for, search for his teaching about what to do next. And if you're a student of God's word, he's told you what to do with those burdens. But I haven't read my Bible anywhere and I'm thankful. Hang in there. Just, just do your best. You can do this. Not there. What I do read is without me, you can do nothing. They that wait upon the Lord renew their strength. But in the verses before that, the young men grow weary. And it defines our weakness. And so we need to listen for, search for what the scripture teaches us about how to let him bear those burdens. Now I know some of you are already thinking, well, the Lord has told us to bear burdens. And we're, we're going to talk about that a little bit later, but we need to look at that in light of all that the scripture says. Let me, let me give this illustration. I think it will be a help to us. What we're going to consider tonight is perfectly illustrated in John 2 in the account of our Lord's first miracle. Do you remember what that was in Cana of Galilee? Mary and Jesus and the disciples are at a marriage feast. The wedding host faces an embarrassing plight. What is it? He's run out of wine. So you're in charge of hosting this celebration, making sure that there is plenty for people to eat, plenty for them to drink, and it's going on, and all of a sudden, uh-oh, 
They've run out of wine. Mary learns of the problem, but she can't solve it. However, she knows someone at the wedding feast who can. She comes to Jesus not with recommendations, but she simply says this in verse 3, they have no wine. She then turns to the servants in the home and says, whatever he says to you, do it. Now, let's just be real practical. He's going to teach you what to do. He's going to teach you what to do. Whatever he says, just do it. Now, Mary knows to do this because they've experimented at home a lot. No, no. She knows who her son is. She knows who he is. She then walks away, leaving the entire dilemma in the Lord's capable hands. I love this. Teachability is essential. Harold Vaughn states, quote, A learner is someone who is willing to unlearn what he should never have learned in order to learn what he should have learned in the first place. The Lord's got this. And I should learn to know that I can go to him and he'll resolve it. Now this is where the Lord's words, I am meek and lowly in heart, Matthew eleven twenty nine. these words become so poignant and important. So what do those words teach us? Well, first of all, number one, always remember the teacher is approachable. Our teacher is approachable. Our Lord is humble and meek. Now, that word is praos. It's used only here in the New Testament. It means uh, I am, Lord is humble, and that word meek means he is mild and gentle. It's, it's the only time the Greek word is used in the New Testament. Humility, and we're going to that first word to look at that, that was not a virtue in the ancient world. It was associated with being a slave. Jesus takes that word and he elevates it to an honorable virtue. Humility. Being gentle was also considered a weakness, and Jesus elevates that to a strength. However, when we go to the Savior, we also need to remember that he is humble and gentle. In fact, in James 1.5, we're told that he'll give us wisdom that we need, and he won't reproach us. Well, I've messed up again. If I go to Jesus for wisdom, he didn't want to hear from me. He'll look at me with a disgusted look and turn away. It's not what James 1.5 says. If we go to him, he won't reproach us. Why? He's humble and he's gentle. Maybe someone is thinking, 
This takes us back to the illustration of Mary and Jesus at the marriage feast in Cana. Someone might be thinking, why then did Jesus reproach Mary at the wedding feast in Cana when he said to her, woman, what have I to do with thee? See? He went on, mine hour is not yet come. Well, please understand what Jesus was doing in that text. What he did was consistent with what he taught in Matthew 11. Instead of the word for mother, uh, meter, okay, that's the Greek word, Jesus uses a word that in that day was a word that was used gently and showed respect. Any of you that have taken Greek, you know this. The, the word for woman is gune. So when he said woman, it wasn't woman. Gune. There was respect. There was gentleness. And then what have I do, to do with thee is better translated. What is this matter to you or to me and to thee? And you, you can look this up, and that's what the language is, is doing. What is this matter to me and to thee? Or how does this concern us? The Lord wasn't rebuking her, but putting things in perspective. First, he is reminding her that Mary's maternal authority has ended. She isn't any longer able to say, son, I need you to do. Right, the Son of God now is he's making those decisions. Second, Jesus wasn't on earth, listen, to fix poor wedding planning. It's not why he's here. So when she comes to the Son of God, her son, and says, they're out of wine, Gune. How is that our problem? Okay, My hour is not yet come. I, I'm here for a different reason, and, and this, is, this isn't it. Okay, Nevertheless, now think about this. He chooses for this to be his first miracle. Does he care or not? Yes. Did he feel the burden of the guy in charge of the feast who's got a real dilemma on his hands. Sure he did. Does he feel your burdens? Yeah. This is proof that no burden is insignificant to our Lord. Because Mary came to him in faith, there was abundant drink at the wedding. And I wish I could go on here. Our time is up. But when you do the math of how much wine the Lord made, they just kept pouring it. It's amazing. So our teacher is approachable. He does care about our daily burdens, but always remember who he is. And this brings us to a second application of I am meek and lowly in heart. Not only should we remember that the teacher is approachable, but secondly, approach the teacher with a humble heart. We come strictly on the basis that he has graciously invited us to. I, I was listening to these men pray tonight. 
we, we don't come offering God anything. We come because he's invited us to and he's made it possible. Jesus also knows that the only teachable heart is a humble heart. So come with humility because he's going to want to teach you. Listen to Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is nigh to them that are of a broken heart and saveth such. He wants to help. Saveth such as be of a contrite heart. Listen to Isaiah 57, 15. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in a high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit. And what do I want to do? To revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Sounds like rest. Peace. A humble heart makes us teachable and also helps us be flexible. When we pray, we aren't trying to get God to comply with our desires We are acclimating ourselves to his ways. When we pray with a humble heart, we are moldable. We are movable. When we approach the teacher with a humble heart, he is able to instruct and expand our current understanding. Harold Vaughn explains in Biblical Protocols for Prayer, this is the text we're using, That unless we are teachable, we will pray and read the Bible only to back up our own thinking. That's very unprofitable. I need the Lord to teach me. I don't need reinforced the bad things I already think. The limited ways that I think. This will make prayer unproductive and leave us still carrying Uh, uh, our own burdens. And so let's conclude tonight. Let's return to the promise in Matthew 11, 28. I will give you rest. Notice that the Lord repeats the promise again in verse 29. You shall find rest unto your souls. How do we acquire this promised rest? Verse 30 tells us. So the Lord continues to repeat himself so we don't miss it. By the way, he's trying to teach us. Come to me. I want to teach you. Now, how does he give us this rest? Verse 30, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He's right back to the yoke again. Put it on. Put it on. Now let's look at the word easy for just a moment. That word easy means my yoke is kind and good. Now, again, I I really had to think about this. This farm boy knows what a yoke is. Uh, No yoking, okay. Uh, Now, I didn't ever use one, but my grandfathers both did with their bees. The yoke made it easier for the farmer but not for the beast. So what the Lord is teaching here is very different. He's saying, my yoke is kind and it's 
good. Wow. God never promised a burden-free life. And by the way, this thinking gets Christians into trouble. Well, I'm saved. Why am I having problems? And this is why what some of these televangelists are doing who smile and make promises that aren't biblical, why they're doing such damage to Christians. Well, if I thought I'd just push these buttons and send in this money and, and life would be great. Well, it depends on what you're defining as great. But God, God didn't promise the wealth prosperity. That is not the gospel. Galatians 6.5 instead says, Every man shall bear his own burden. Uh, that's a word used in our New Testament that also spoke of a ship's cargo. In fact, uh, some of the passages in Acts where it says, uh, the one passage in particular where they threw the cargo overboard. Remember when Paul was out at sea? It's this same word for burden. They unburdened the ship okay, to make it lighter. But the scripture says we should bear our own burden. There are responsibilities and cares that God gives us to carry, but he never intended for us to do it alone. When we put our neck in the yoke next to the Savior, he carries and directs the load in kindness for our good. Try to shoulder burdens in your own strength and add to your burden the sins of this world, and you'll find that the burden is a crushing load. Crushing load. I love the words of Proverbs 13, 15, in light of what we have learned about the teachability protocol. Good understanding giveth favor. All right? In other words, understanding, you understand you must always go to the Lord with your burdens to be taught of him. Good understanding giveth favor, but the way of the transgressor is hard. And do you know that self-dependence is a transgression? God, I got this. No, you don't. Self-dependence is a transgression. God commanded, he said, abide in me. Abide in me. So today we'll end... Tonight, tomorrow is a new day. Let's honestly, humbly inquire of the Lord and immediately implement his answers about our burdens. In doing so, we will have rest while remaining fruitful and effective in our service to him. Do you feel a crushing load? Do you, do you feel the pressure of your burdens? Go to the Lord, the one who is meek and lowly. Take on his yoke and you will find rest for your soul. Let's stand together. Father, help us when we feel the pressure of the load to come to you with those burdens, desiring to be taught, by you, and Lord, let you lift the load so that we can go on singing. Lord, we see this demonstrated with the apostles, especially Paul, 
uh, the burdens that he carried, and yet through dependence on you and the things that you taught him, even throughout the book of Philippians, he was able to rejoice. And he admonishes those believers not to be anxious about anything, not carry any load, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving to let those requests be made known to you. And the peace of God which passes understanding, taking on your yoke, a burden to get rid of our own burdens. Uh, Lord, the peace that you give guides our, or guards our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So Lord, help us to be teachable. Help us to be prayerful. Thank you for being our wonderful, completely capable, and all-powerful teacher who's approachable. And Lord, thank you for bearing our load for us. Help us not to carry those things ourselves. Lord, minister to every heart here tonight where folks came in with burdens. Lord, teach them to give that back to you as they serve you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.